Welcome to this week's Henchmen of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I am Matt Golden. This week we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of CW's Black Lightning. Yeah, we are. As always, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet and have any interest in it, just turn this off now. Yeah, we're going to spoil an entire episode, so... Now, do you have much experience with Black Lightning at all? I have never heard of this person in my life. Yeah, my experience is very limited. I know he was created by Tony Isabella... And I think Tony Isabella recently relaunched another Black Lightning series this past year, but I've never read it. And my, my experience in comics with him, he's appeared briefly in like Jeff Johns' Justice League run as a potential member of the Justice League, but more of like a background, not really a part of a central storyline. I read that entire series and I don't remember him literally at all. <laughs> like a blip on the fucking radar. I mean, and that's where he was. I just, for all the ones I've read, he hasn't really jumped out in many runs and... And I don't think he's had a ton of runs over years. He's mostly uh, been portrayed as a side character. He was a founding member of the Outsiders, not the Essie Hinton novel, but the <laughs> superhero group founded by Batman. He was not Ponyboy, unfortunately, <laughs> no. in the Outsiders. But the Outsiders hasn't really been prevalent in DC Comics for a while. Uh, they've made little appearances here and there. And I've seen Black Lightning and other stuff like Young Justice, Batman Brave and the Bold. But again, it's only like he's in there for an episode or two and never... A main central character. Do you think that there's going to be more Black Lightning on, on the DC comic shelves right now? I'm sure. I mean, if they were smart, they would be putting him into one of the many team books they have and giving him his own book at some point. Yeah, I think as long as they're not really, really stupid, they would have him in at least a couple of things. They're giving him a fucking TV show, so you should at least put him in print a little bit. Now, as far as the TV show goes... This is your first experience with a CW superhero television show. Oh, yes it is. I have not watched The Flash. I have not watched Green Arrow. And after watching this episode, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of my opinion here. I'm not sure I'm going to start watching those shows. Interesting enough, this does not take place in their shared universe. It takes place outside it. They can always change that at any point. I mean, they have a character... In that universe that can travel through different dimensions. But as of right now, the creators have said that it takes place in its own self-contained universe. Well, that's fucking stupid. There's uh, yet another reason that I'm not already on board. You guys will get my more of my opinions in a second. But wow, that's stupid. I think part of it might be because tonally it's different than the other CW shows. It? Uh, it's a lot more street-level area. It's not street-level, but this is closer... To like a less dark version of the Netflix shows, I feel like like Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. It's more like a street level. You get a lot of how the city is impacted by what's going on, not only by the criminals there, but by the hero activity too, or the cry for a hero. Yeah, I've watched the Jessica Jones, the Daredevil, and and Punisher, and I think it's definitely way toned down compared to those. I mean, I can see where it, it wants to be that, uh, at least a little bit, but it's definitely not up to those at all. I did feel like they did get away with a bunch for a CW show. They had one of the characters smoking weed. They said the word bitch four times throughout the pilot, yeah, which least, was, yeah. which for a network television show, I thought was really interesting that they were you allowed to get, get away to with see, it. You, you got to see somebody get shot the fuck up too, which was, I thought one of the, the finer moments of it. We'll obviously get to that here in a little bit. 
But it had some cool violence in it. <laughs> some people died or whatever. Who cares? I'm sure that's the, the selling point that they're aiming for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag cool violence, henchmen of comics. Oh my god, can we please make that the only hashtag that we ever have? Hashtag cool violence, <laughs> or violence is cool. I don't see how that could backfire in any way. Not at all. So, let's get into this. Um, I wrote down a couple of questions. Uh, we just watched this pilot together and kind of came up with some of our thoughts. Uh, my first question for you, Alex, is a short one. Why? Just why? 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 What? Like, why is the sky? Or? God damn it, Alex, just fucking go with this. Why Why did this happen to me? Like, why did I have to watch this? I think it's because you wanted to be entertained for 40 minutes, and it was achieved successfully. Okay, uh, tell me some of your thoughts. I enjoyed the pilot. It wasn't what I expected at all. It looked more cinematic than I was expecting for a CW pilot. So that was cool. The soundtrack was really strong. The actual action scenes, I really enjoyed. The special effects were better than I expected for the most part. There was a couple weak spots in it here and there. And the costume wasn't great, but that's kind of a CW norm at this point. And they had quite a few sets for a pilot, so definitely spent some money. I'm more interested to see how it goes from here, as the budget gets a little more restricted and they have to spread it out over the remaining 12 episodes. How does the pilot of this compare to the other pilots of The Flash and Green Arrow? I would say I don't know if those have aged as well. The Flash, and one thing I liked about this pilot compared to the others is it wasn't just and it wasn't as much an arrow but it wasn't just dragged out with origin story it we got to see jefferson pierce black lightning in his real life and we got to see him as black lightning for a bit and then we got told a little bit of his backstory through flashbacks and there were there weren't like arrows to where it takes up minutes upon minutes uh, each episode, but it was just a few seconds of flashback that gave us the character's detail. There's a cool moment in the opening scene where we're at the police station. You see a wanted poster for Black Lightning or like the hand-drawn sketch like you see. And it was him being a younger self, so you could kind of tell that he'd been out of the game for a while, which I thought was a nice touch. I thought it was interesting that they just had like a hand-drawn picture of him when he's clearly been a superhero in this city for over a decade. And they all, all they have of him is just a hand-drawn photo. Well, he has been retired for nine years. And I don't think there was photographs nine years ago. I think that's a new invention. I will say that one of the, the things that I did like about this, because there were some things that I liked about it. I didn't just think that everything was poop. Like, I didn't think that everything was shit. I really didn't. One of the things that I liked was it's a superhero down the line kind of a story. It's a superhero who you don't have to worry about where they got their start. Like, this is them you know, 15, 20 years into the future. He's got a kid, two kids, an ex-wife. Yeah, I, I thought, thought that, that was a, yeah, that, I agree with you. I thought it was like a nice twist on what we are expecting. It's someone who's older who has a family, like a grown family too, not, not even like little kids, who has a career and who's built a life for himself outside right. of what he was. Right, as of now, you don't know what his past is, but I like the fact that you've got a superhero who has a family who is struggling in some aspects, but he's also a well-respected member of the community. I thought a lot of the things that, that they chose to do were, were really interesting. Didn't really have a lot of the common superhero stereotypes. Like I've lost like 16 people in my young life and here's where I'm at. You get, you get an older superhero take, which is kind of unique and refreshing a little bit. And it wasn't 
there wasn't like those moments of levity throughout it. Throughout Flash, obviously a lot throughout Legends of Tomorrow. And throughout some moments in Arrow, you get like these moments of levity where you get to breathe and laugh for a bit. But it was a pretty serious tone throughout the entire thing. Some other, something else that I liked was the was the music choices. Strange Fruit, Nina Simone, Lazaretto, Jack White. You get some Sampha. You get, I think, was was Childish Gambino in there? I know they talked about him. Yeah, I don't know if he was in the soundtrack. No, they did mention Childish Gambino. Uh, that's, I think it's funny for you that Jack White's now appeared in two superhero projects uh, recently. Oh, extremely recently, yeah. yeah. And by the way, just to cut out of this podcast and to go back into another one, that moment of Aquaman and Justice League with that fucking icky thumb was so fucking cool and so badass. All right, back into this podcast. Let me talk about the, uh, let's talk about the acting for a little bit. What do you think of the acting? I thought it was mixed. I thought Chris Williams, who plays Jefferson by Lightning, did a good job. He looks like a superhero. He, he acted like someone who had been through all this before and just was tired and just didn't, hated the fact that, that he had to go back to this shit and return to that well. I also really enjoyed the two sisters. I thought their interaction between another, they looked and acted like older siblings who had different personalities who were frustrated with one another. I thought their chemistry uh, with one another was really good. Um, the guy that played Lala, who was the who was playing up to be a, a central antagonist later in the series, I thought he was convincing as a gangster for the most part. And James Remar, who I like a lot, who plays Jefferson's friend and tech guy, suit guy. I like him. He didn't have much to work with in this pilot episode. We get more out of him. I do like that we get James Remar, who's in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, playing Raiden in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So oh, he, no shit, does yeah. he really? So he's someone that has also had experience acting with lightning bolts shooting out of your fingertips. Yeah, I bet he gave him tons of tips on, <laughs> on Back that. in 95 when I was playing Raiden in the Mortal Kombat sequel. Let me tell you how it goes. Man, I hope he just, for non-stop, for like three days straight, was just like, yeah, when I was raiding, like, here's some good moves. Like, you can do your hands like this or like that. That's how you can really make the lightning come out. People kept referencing the first Mortal Kombat. He's like, no, no, I wasn't in that one. I replaced Christopher <laughs> Lambert. I was in the second one. How do you have so much bizarre fucking Mortal Kombat <laughs> knowledge? Your knowledge in, like, random character actors. How the fuck do you know who James Remar is, like? I didn't know who this guy is. Like, I recognize him from some stuff. But you were, like, you readily spouted off, like, 15 movies and TV projects that he was in. You're, like, some weird James Remar psychopath fanatic. Because I remember the important things when I have to, when I study for a test for two hours, all gone out the window. My kid's birthday's coming up. I don't remember. But I can tell you that James Remar was excellent during his short stint in Sex and the City. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, we looked that up in IMDb. He is in Sex and the City, and Alex's child's birthday was yesterday, and he still does not <laughs> wish his child a happy birthday. Uh, somebody told me that I was really mean to you on this. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> uh, so, so what's up with that? What's, what's up with that? Like, Why am I mean to you? I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's <laughs> just this is our version of this is our therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get it all yeah. out. Uh, I thought the acting was all right in this. I thought there were some strong pieces and a lot of weak pieces. About 50-50. Mixed bag, for sure. Lala was a great actor. Black Lightning, James Remar, all all crushed it. But real quick, why is Lala's name Lala? That is like the worst <laughs> villain name. 
Can you tell me any villain who has a worse name than La La? Kite Man. Read Tom King's... I did read it, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, we're talking about this later. Let's turn this podcast (laughs) off and and talk about Kite Man for an hour. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't tell you why he thought Latavius was a much worse name than La La. It's a very lazy street name. It is extremely lazy. Anywho. Or maybe he's just a fan of the MU330 song, Law. I'd have to guess. That's it. That's right. Law squared. I worked in a Scala reference. For you some reason. Put that. Someone just got Henchman of Comics Bingo. You're welcome. That Henchman of Comics Bingo right there is Alex mentioning a Scala song. I think me mentioning a Scala song or going to a Scott Mitzvah would, would be a part <laughs> of a bingo. Yeah, no. So tell me. Why you hated that suit so bad? Because I actually thought the suit was kind of cool. I thought the goggles were really lame, but the suit I kind of liked. Up close, I didn't like it as much. Like when he, one of the medium shots and the wider shots, I thought it looked better. I think it's something, and this tends to happen in CW shows. The suit tends to change over season. So if we get another season of this, we'll get more money and make it look more realistic. I did like the glowing aspect of it. I thought that was a really nice touch. It's more I have questions about it. Like, can it stop bullets? What are the point of the goggles? Why do the goggles change? And it's one of those things. And it's good questions to have because it makes the viewer want to tune in more and, and search for answers. And it didn't bog down the pilot with that stuff. My biggest question throughout the entire episode is there's a huge fight scene towards the end of the episode. Black Lightning takes a bullet. He takes a slug right to the chest. And oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this fight scene. It's so <laughs> fucking over the top sometimes. But he takes a slug to the chest. He picks the bullet out of the suit like nothing has happened. Totally fine with that. I thought that was awesome. I thought I was like, all right, cool. I know what this suit can do. It's a bullet-stopping suit. Badass. Then we get to later on. This motherfucker is bleeding from his chest in pretty much the exact same spot he was just shot at. And like, There's a, a shower scene for a reason, I guess, because... He's a hot dude or something. I mean, yeah, that that is part of the CW contract. If you have a show, you'd have at least one shirtless boy scene. <laughs> oh, well, now I'm new to this, so I apologize, everybody. But the uh, it looked like the suit absorbed the shock, and then I guess it still penetrated him somehow. Yeah. Which is also... Uh, <laughs> so the suit tech needs some work. The suit tech does need a little work. James Remar needs to get on that shit right now. It was weird, interesting, how James Remar's character... I think his name was Peter, had a very Kingsman vibe to him. If you've ever seen the Kingsman films, he is in a tailor shop at the hidden door where all the technology is. I thought that, and I don't know if that was intentional. Like I said, I haven't had much experience with Black Lightning in the comics, aside from being a part of like a larger group or in someone else's comic. I thought that that part was actually really fucking cool too. I like that the, the suit shop turned into a kind of a secret layer. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of uh, Lucius Fox, yeah. Batman a little bit. I mean, and it's nice, even though, like like you said, it is a question about the suit, like why he was bleeding later, because he thought that the bullet penetrated somehow. It is nice to know that like he's not bulletproof, so it does yeah. help build that suspense and that fear for the character, especially since he's going to be taking on gangsters mostly who are going to be carrying guns. So he, so he can't just walk into there and be bulletproof and walk out like he's Superman or anything. I think there were definitely a lot of like Batman style references going on in this thing. Um, it's trying, I think, a little bit to be kind of Batman-y. I mean, there's almost an Alfred. There's kind of a Lucius Fox like hybrid. 
like nine, ten years on, decade yeah. later. Like I mean, Arrow the CW Google. show borrows a lot from some of the Batman mythology, especially like his Rogues Gallery sure. too. And and you can see why there's some liberties. I, I think just because when you have a character like Batman who has created such a successful formula that it's natural to pull some elements from there. Or also because we just love Batman so much that we connect things to Batman that were well, that were around well before Batman too. Yeah. We're either releasing, we either just released or are about to release a Batman podcast. So next week. Next week for that, I guess. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just sit here and talk about shit. Out of all the superhero stuff that you've seen, this had to be your favorite soundtrack. Even if you've ever mentioned soundtrack, but like for, even from every film, this had to rank. No. Really? No. I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. Like I liked the range of it. It was fantastic. Nina Simone to Jack White to Sampha. Like you got all you crossed the fucking border here. They did a lot of really cool shit with it. But Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, okay, never mind, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't be dumb. Yeah. Um, but I, I I, think I talked about this in, in previous episodes, like, soundtracks are going to be a really big fucking deal Yeah. in yeah. movies and TV shows going forward. And it's, ex- and it's expensive this, to reuse stuff, especially in a TV show, to use that music, too. I can't too. imagine, like, how yeah. much of their budget that fucking eats up. But I, I sort of predicted something similar to this, like, this is clearly going to happen, it's going to be a thing, people are going to have people that like on their teams that want good music. And here we are experiencing that now. And I talked about this like two or three or four weeks ago, really, really recently. So what I'm saying is I'm Nostradamus and I'll give you some winning lottery numbers. If you pay me like $5,000, there's no money back guarantee on that. No, there's not any money back guarantee. Just send that, uh, Send that five thousand dollars to the henchman of comics PO Box six one nine. I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> I don't know whose PO Box that is, but if they have five, <laughs> a five grand check in there, to address to the henchman of comics. <laughs> yeah, just address it to the henchman of comics. So, are you going to keep watching the show, or are you done? Or are you going to wait till it's going to come out on some streaming service and give it a chance and binge it? Or are you going to watch it week to week? Or are you just like, I've had my fill of Black Lightning? Maybe I'll see him again when he appears in as another potential candidate in another run of Justice League. Well, Alex, I'm glad that you asked that because I also had this question written down. Um, I think I will give it at least another week. I don't think that this is a show that should be written off just because of a pilot that was mediocre or very mediocre. I think that it's it's worth at least another watch. Maybe some people get a hold of their own and they start acting a little better and the show picks up and the plot picks up. This is one that I'm, I'm not going to, you know, write off quite as quickly. I'd say three, four episodes minimum for me. Whereas for instance, in humans, I never watched episode two, despite saying I'll definitely (laughs) give it at least one more episode. No, I take that back. I didn't watch two episodes of Inhumans. Barf. I'm definitely going to keep up with the show and be watching it week to week. I really enjoyed it for what it was, and I wasn't what I expected. I just expected another CWS show. And I say this as someone that watches every CW superhero show. So I don't mean that as a slight, but if you've watched a lot of their shows, they certainly have a certain tone to them and a certain expectancy that you get with each, with each episode. Now, do you expect more superheroes to grace the... Black Lightning silver screen, or is it, do you think, just him 
in I, this realm? Because it, it sounded like there were more vigilantes than just him. Yeah, that, it was interesting. There is a, a newscast where they talk about why we call Black Lightning a vigilante, but the other people with superpowers, we call them superheroes, which yeah. is interesting to me because the show is currently not set in the same universe as the other CW shows, so there's other superheroes out there. We'll see his daughter, I assume, at the end of the pilot. Uh, she exhibits some superpowered abilities, so we'll see her at some point. I don't think we're going to see any other superheroes, at least this first season, especially because it's only 13 episodes. Uh, so I think most of are going to focus on Black Lightning, his older daughter, Anissa, and them taking down Lala and the man behind Lala, Tobias Whale. Uh, yeah, what do you think of uh, Tobias Whale? I mean, he, he didn't have much to work with at all in the scene. Uh, he did seem, like, threatening for the one scene of action that he had in the story. But um, it, it's hard for me to judge him off based off this one appearance. He seems to be in, again, one episode to go off of here. Kind of the Wilson Fisk-type character. Yeah, that's, I mean... Big and bad. That's a good comparison. And, like, as long as you don't... I know. As long as you don't compare him to... Actually, Wilson Fisk in the Daredevil series nope, because 100% do the right acting now. is a tall <laughs> order to get behind. Yeah, it was it was weak. So, on a scale of one to ten, where do you rate this pilot? I'll give it a five. I'll give it a seven and a half. Wow, you're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean that with what? I think that wraps it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at. Henchman of comics at gmail.com. Also, subscribe or leave us a review at wherever you like to review podcast websites, whether it's to your friends or on iTunes. Yeah, know. preferably just a zero rating on everything. <laughs> or, or five stars. Yeah, zero yeah. or five, five stars. stars. There's nothing in it between. Uh huh. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We will post funny things from time to time, uh, things that we think are funny and you will probably hate. So go look at those. As always, I'm Alex Eschbeck. I am your boy Lala. Henshin ain't easy.